Today I'm going to tell you a story about my trip to the Midwestern United States that I took in August with my dad. We went to go and see the total solar eclipse. I'm sure many of the people watching this video did not see the eclipse and I just need to tell you that before we even get started about the story, you need to get yourself to an eclipse before you die. It is absolutely worth your time seeing. I spent a total of seven or eight hours, maybe more traveling to get there. Not to mention that I had to fly across the country first to happen to be in the right spot to be able to get down there in a day's drive. My dad and I drove down together to Jackson, Wyoming, uh, actually just outside Jackson. We've taken trips like this before. Um, I remember distinctly one probably late fall, we went lunar eclipse chasing in the middle of the night. Uh, we were driving around the outskirts of Calgary, trying to find a spot where there wasn't cloud cover. We eventually did get to a spot like that. And it's just so fascinating to watch these kinds of things happen. And I must say that the lunar eclipse is absolutely nothing compared to the solar eclipse, but um, that's that's not a new thought. And, and solar eclipses are much more rare when you get a lunar eclipse. Basically, the entire half of the Earth that happens to be dark at any given time will see it, whereas the solar eclipse, especially the total solar eclipse, which is really the thing that you should try to get to see, is a very, very narrow band of Earth, and it's always changing. So you you will likely be able to get within a day's drive of one in your lifetime, but if you get more than one, you are very lucky. <laughs> so my dad and I started to plan this trip once I was heading out to Calgary for a vacation trip uh, to see my sister's wedding. Uh, we noticed that the path of the total eclipse was going through southern Montana, northern Idaho, uh, kind of middle of Idaho, and then Wyoming. And so we picked a spot kind of right near the center of the, the path of the eclipse. Uh, originally, there were going to be a few different people coming with us, and the end ended up being my dad and I, which was really nice and really special, although I kind of wish that we had a bigger group just because that would be more people seeing it. I had showed my dad a video that I was watching uh, from Smarter Every Day, the YouTube channel, uh, the stars, a guy named Destin. Uh, he does a bunch of science videos explaining different phenomena and doing experiments with his family. And he did a video describing some of the things you can expect to see during the eclipse. It's not just, there. there is obviously the total eclipse when you look up at the sun without glasses on and you can see the corona and it's gorgeous. But there are all kinds of weird phenomena that can happen around an eclipse. And so some of the things we were looking for, uh, one of the things especially that we were looking for since we didn't have any fancy photography equipment to capture some of the more rare ones, uh, are these things called shadow bands. And the best kind of metaphor I can have for this is it kind of looks like if you're if you're staring down a highway for the, like a straight dry highway for miles you can kind of see ripples on a hot day like the air rippling with heat rising off the, the road it kind of looks like that but from the other perspective so it's as though there is the sun is sending its rays and they're being diffracted on the way down so what you end up seeing on the ground if you're looking at the right kind of surface we had we were in a gravel parking lot and so we were it was a very light surface we were able to see bands of shadows kind of it, it was described as as thousands or millions of snakes just slowly slithering across the landscape and that's pretty accurate they're notoriously difficult to catch on video i have some footage that you can kind of almost see them. Uh, so I'll, I'll 
try to show it, but it, it doesn't do it justice. You really need to be there. And, and we were able to see that phenomena for several minutes. We were, we were told to expect it for maybe two or three minutes before and after the eclipse, but we saw it for at least five minutes afterwards. It was really, really cool. And, uh, yeah. Now for people who were following the eclipse, but might not have been in the total, the path of totality. One of the things you might've been exposed to is the idea that there, there were counterfeit or fake eclipse glasses, things that were made to look like real ones that would protect your eyes from, from the sun. So you could look directly at it. There were, there was a really, really strong filter on them so that even if you look directly at the sun, what you'd just see is an orange circle. And so my dad ended up trying to prepare for these. He got glasses on Amazon. He went down to uh, an astronomical society in Southern Alberta. He got three different kinds of eclipse glasses. But once you are told that some of your glasses might be fake, it throws you off and makes you kind of doubt the, the truth in whether any of them are real. And so we ended up using some hard black plastic ones that were fine. I mean, we, you look up at the sun, it's an orange ball. There's only like you, you kind of think to yourself, well, maybe there's something wrong with these, but if I'm looking at the sun, it was fine. We didn't ever stare at the sun when it was, when it was fully lit. We just kind of took a couple seconds at a time glancing, which is fine. I mean, it didn't diminish the experience at all, but you kind of, even if you're wearing eclipse glasses, you don't want to be sitting there staring at the sun for, for 10 minutes or something. We ended up driving from Lethbridge, where my sister got married, on the day before the eclipse. We drove from Lethbridge down to Butte, Montana, and then slept in Butte, got up crack of dawn, actually before the crack of dawn from Butte to drive down to just south of, we were aiming for around Victor, uh, Idaho, and trying to see, depending on traffic and the conditions we, we met, seeing if we could get into this this little kind of campground hiking trail area that was just outside of Victor and right near the Idaho-Wyoming border. We did hit quite a bit of traffic. I'm sure that anybody that wasn't aware of the eclipse was either made aware really quickly or was sitting there wondering why the heck they were sitting in traffic. We saw a lot of cars as we were going into the zone of totality that were going the other direction. I'm not sure who that was, but you'd have to pay me a heck of a lot to leave that area when you, you're so close to being able to see something that's just unbelievably amazing. Once we got to Victor, actually, the traffic was surprisingly good. We were like basically dead center in the zone of totality. We ended up going through Victor to this little campground spot that my dad had found. We actually ended up driving just through across the Idaho border into Wyoming and did a little hike through the area, which was it was just like a really great experience that we saw there were some cars parked, but because I, like I said, there were hiking trails, people were all gone. So from the about hour and a half before the eclipse, the totality section of the eclipse to the time that we left the campground, we only saw the two of us. And so it was really kind of nice to have, we had this little clearing and it was really great to just kind of go on this hike and then come back and not really interact with anybody. So like I said, we, we started on a hike and decided that we would kind of do a uh, go as far as we could about halfway through the eclipse and then start our heading back so that we were back in this clearing, not a forest by the time the total eclipse was happening, just so we could kind of get a sense of surroundings better than if we were in a forest. 
there's also the possibility of bears and so i didn't want to deal with bears in the darkness and having our eyes not being adjusted to it because the darkness falls really quickly so i thought we we both decided that the clearing thing was probably a good idea to just head back now as the eclipse started to progress one of the things that happened that neither of us were really looking for was the fact that basically in a landscape where there's lots of stuff like lots of things casting shadows anything in the environment can act like a pinhole camera if you haven't seen any of pictures of people that people took during the eclipse i, I suggest you go and and look them up there there's some quite interesting ones uh, there's one that i saw the night after the eclipse of someone holding a saltine like a, a square crackers with the holes in them holding it to cast a shadow and just showing the shadow and anywhere you have a pinhole camera what you end up seeing if you're trying to look at the eclipse is you end up seeing the shape of the eclipse the, the sun projected in the shadow in of any hole and so if you look at the saltine you just see a bunch of little eclipse shapes instead of the holes instead of the circular holes if this as if the sun was circular um, and so what we were seeing because we were in a forest with lots of trees is that every every gap between the trees was a pinhole and so you'd have just the entire forest floor, anywhere where there was sh shade, was just covered in crescent shapes. And we could actually watch the progression of the crescents, the, the shapes get smaller and smaller as we got closer and closer to the total eclipse. It was it was really quite fascinating and I wasn't expecting it, but I was kind of on edge for any weird things happening. And so when I first saw the crescent shape on the ground, uh, I almost didn't believe it. I kind of had to convince myself that, yeah, that's definitely not normal. That's not what it usually looks like. And it was really quite fascinating so we took a bunch of pictures of those now i had never been to an eclipse before a solar eclipse and so what i wasn't prepared for was the fact that like obviously there is less and less light progressively as you get closer to the total eclipse but you really really it's such a gradual decrease and that it's so bright right up until the eclipse actually starts that you don't notice the dip if you really kind of focus you can think okay well this this kind of starting to looking like right up before the eclipse you start to think okay well, this is like an overcast day like suddenly shadows are sharper and which is the opposite of overcast by the way but shadows are sharper but weaker so there's there's overall less light it kind of looks like almost like dusk except that the lighting is like noon it was is very odd but up until kind of right 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 before you wouldn't notice anything other than these crescent-shaped shadows, which was really interesting. Now, like I mentioned, about five minutes before totality was expected to start, we started seeing shadow bands. And it was it was weird because, like I said, we were expecting them to show up about a minute before, not five minutes before. And so I was thinking to myself that, oh, this is going to start faster than we're expecting. It was, it was supposed to start around 11.35, I think, and it was 11.30. And so we were thinking, okay, maybe maybe we're not in exactly the same spot we thought. Maybe calculations were slightly off, but we ended up seeing those shadow bands for a really long time. I got a lot of videos trying to capture them and, and you, you can kind of see them or at least kind of what they look like through a camera in one clip that I'll show, but you can't really see them. And I thought that was very odd, but like it, it's a very odd phenomenon. But it was it was fascinating to see, and it really does seem like it's some kind of atmospheric distortion when you only have like a tiny, like it's basically a point. We consider the sun as a point source of light, but it's not. It's actually this massive ball in the sky. But 
when you get down to just the tiniest of a crescent shape, it, it almost becomes much more like a point of light. And that's, I think, what, where the shadow bands come from. Now, I can't describe totality. Like, I really can't. You, you actually have to see it for yourself in order to do it justice. But I was filming right as the eclipse was starting. And as it was ended, I, I took one picture or a few pictures, one zoomed up of the eclipse that we were able to see. But other than that, I was recording video on my phone, but kind of just pointing it. I wasn't looking at the video I was creating. I mo mostly wanted to just capture what it looked like. And <laughs> the sound is actually quite funny. We both, my dad and I, completely forgot that we were... Uh, like I mentioned to my dad, I say that I'm recording video, but you're not really aware of it at all. And so our reaction is actually kind of hilarious. It's very just unabashed and unapologetic. We're just giddy. We're like two children just being amazed by nature. And <laughs> set the timer. Yes, the timer is set. So we're okay. Oh, we're okay. Oh, I mean, it's 360 degrees. shit. <laughs> It's still just a ball of bright. Oh, oh my. that is fantastic. It's Look so at beautiful. The star. Oh. There's Venus. I had a minute left. Can you get a photo? Yeah, I'm does taking it video. It does work. Oh, you're taking video. Okay. I can see. I can take snapshots. All I can say is that you should. If you can at all get to one, you should go see one. Oh. oh. Now this, the, the, the is, is that a bird? A bird? There's a bird. There's that, okay, time's up. Don't look at the sun anymore. Okay. Unless you got your glasses on. I can't see anything. <sighs> we probably have 10 more seconds, but. It got so dark so fast. And you can see it's a lot lighter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It hasn't come back yet. No. It's still dark. So cool. So cool. Unbelievable. It's way well, bright over there. Those phenomena that we saw, I want to see it come back. I want to see it come back as well. Oh, there it is. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that was worth it. <laughs> oh, wow. It's... <laughs> oh. Oh. It's so... Oh, my. It's so much brighter already. I can definitely see how that would damage your eyes. <laughs> it's still just a little sliver. The shadow bands are back. Yes. Oh, that is amazing. No, the, the totality with the aura <laughs> around the moon. Oh my goodness, that was just. Oh, it's daytime again. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Jeez. Another thing that happened as the eclipse started up is that 
by the time we were getting down to a tiny, tiny crescent shape, it was noticeably colder. Like I was wearing a sweater and I was warm at the beginning and I was quite cold by the end. And uh, you'd expect that as there's less and less sun. But one thing I didn't expect is that, which I guess I should have expected, is that you actually continue, it actually continued to get colder and colder outside even after the eclipse because it takes a while for the atmosphere to adjust to there being less energy input than, than there was before. And so the shadow kind of moves over you slowly, but you're still in more, you're still in shadow after the eclipse. And so we noticed a drop of probably about 10 degrees Celsius from the very, like before anything started to shortly like five or 10 minutes after, uh, we got back in the car and that was when, cause you, you can't actually like the weather station isn't going to know your temperature, your local temperature when it changes that drastically so quickly in such a narrow band. But uh, the car has a thermostat in it. And so it's measuring air temperature actually outside. And it got it got down to 14 degrees Celsius, which was crazy because it was like a bright summer day and it was too hot otherwise. Like it was, it was almost 25 or 30. So it was really fascinating to see that temperature drop. And another cool thing that just there's a lot of talk about like flat earth and the sun i don't know if people actually think the sun is also flat like if if flat earthers only believe that the our earth is flat but everything else is fine being round but um it was really cool seeing this phenomena where i mentioned the crescents earlier um we got some pictures of the crescents after the eclipse and the eclipse the the crescent had flipped directions like you'd expect because it's kind of the opposite side of the sun that's exposed now. And so I thought that was kind of a cool kind of validation of what you'd expect. And it, like the whole experience was just absolutely fascinating. So after we had done this um, eclipse session, we didn't stick around at the campsite for for the rest of the eclipse because it's basically just the sun being less and less covered. It's the exciting stuff, the exciting lead up exactly played in reverse and so we ended up going to get gas and i was looking through the sunroof at the eclipse just every five or ten minutes just like seeing where it was at but it was just the sun slowly being less and less covered and a lot less exciting we ended up going to jackson wyoming after that and into yellowstone and then went up through wyoming through yellowstone and then back up to butte where we stayed again and then ended up going back to calgary the the following day it was a lot of driving. It was not particularly comfortable, but I would absolutely recommend going and finding a comfortable spot with people that you care about and going and seeing this because I know for myself, now that I've seen one, if it's at all possible to get to another one, I am going to. And for people who live in and around Ottawa, like some of my friends, you will get that chance in 2024. So the next kind of North American solar eclipse that's happening, they have it about every 18 months somewhere on Earth. And there's a varying level of totality in some cases. And the next total solar eclipse that's hitting North America is going to be in April of 2024. And it's actually going to just, just miss Ottawa. So we're going, if, if any Ottawa residents, and I think Montreal is actually in the path, like that's how close it is. Montreal and Ottawa are two hours apart by drive. 
Montreal is slightly in, we are slightly out in Ottawa. But if you drive maybe an hour, hour and a half south, you like Buffalo uh, is dead center on the totality. So if we can go into northern New York or northern Vermont, we'll be able to see a total eclipse again. And even though that's like seven years away now, six and a half, I'm already getting all our friends on board and my my dad's making plans to see if they can get out for that. Once you've seen it, you know how amazing it is. And even though the total eclipse only lasts about two and a half minutes, you it's well worth every second that you can get. And so I would highly recommend at least checking it out, make a hotel reservation early, like as early as they will take reservations. So I'm going to go in uh, very soon within the next year or two, hopefully make hotel reservations well in advance. So that's my story of seeing the solar eclipse technically in Wyoming uh, in August of this year. If you are unconvinced of the amazingness of an eclipse, all I can say is that no matter whether you kind of follow astronomy or know a lot about space and the phenomena therein, I highly recommend going and seeing it. All right. Talk to you guys next time. Bye. Two walk like two out the door. Then you have